This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. 10.02 here on your Sunday morning. One hour to go on Sports Sunday. Gorgeous day out, gorgeous week ahead. So enjoy the weather, everybody. Super nice. Uh, normally, we'll be doing these at about 10.15 or so. We might just move them depending how they fit into our show. But uh, the new segment, Rashad Rants, which I quite enjoy, and I've actually heard a lot of positive things about. Have since, you? Yeah. I had a couple people say, I really like that idea. You should keep doing it. That's what's up. So uh, we will keep doing it. Thank you to my tens of fans. Uh, it's... Tens of thousands. Fives of fans? Thousands of hundreds of millions? I think fives. You got a million fans, dude. I'm still in the fives column. Enjoy. Yeah, five million. It's okay. (laughs) Just just enjoy. Um, A lot of people were were saying it was a good segment, though, so we will continue it. But today, I wanted to put it here because it may very well stretch into two segments depending on how the conversation turns. So, Rashad, you have some thoughts on LeVar. I do. Ball. I do. So do share. I, I I will, Lynch. Thank you, man. So if you know anything about me, I'm a fun-loving dude. I, I try try my best to find the good in people and the good in things, which is why last week's rant was more so about, man, just chill and enjoy what you're seeing and just, man, re- enjoy the sports. You know, within this in this world of uncertainty of the politics and everything that we're going through, man, just enjoy the the little bit of entertainment that we actually get and take it for what it's worth. But I, I, I'm looking at a guy like LeVar Ball who everybody else gets so pissed at. And I just, like, they, they when they hear his voice, like, their skin crawls. I'm actually on the other side. When I hear LeVar, LeVar Ball, man, he reminds me a lot of people that I work around, that I work with. Um, most of you guys know that I, you know, work for a nonprofit organization as a sports and uh, science, technology, engineering, and uh, math uh, manager. And my job is to basically be around a lot of kids that play AAU basketball and that play uh, all these sports year-round and things like that. And I'll tell you this, LeVar Ball isn't much different than a lot of other parents. You know, he's just in a situation where he knows his kids are going to be great. And 
he's doing the marketing behind it. And for, I'm going to be honest, I have no problem with somebody trying to be an entrepreneur and really trying to build their own brand. Now, it's, no, let's go ahead and say this. Is the big baller brand a silly name? Quite possibly. But oh, how, yeah. how baller is it for your last name to be ball? Period. Like, my last name is Ball, and that just happens to be what I do. So I'm going to – it's going to be a play on words, whatever the case is. Because they come up with a product, uh, with a better name, probably so. But I'm good with Big Baller Brand right now because that's what he came up with. Man, he's no different than any crazy uncle that you might have or any dude that's at the barbershop that's in there talking crap and just letting people know how good his sons are and exactly what they're going to do and how they would beat Jordan. How, now, is everything – does everything he say he says make sense? Man, absolutely no. And – People have to stop putting so much stock into what he says and treating it as gospel. He's This is a dude that's just talking. Do you think he's calling ESPN saying, hey, I'd really like to come on your show today and, and let, let me say some crazy stuff? No. Fox and Sports News and all those guys, they're reaching out to him to come in there and get some crazy things said because they know it's going to help their ratings. We all saw the thing between Christine Leahy and, and he on, on Cowherd or at least heard about it. The reason Cowherd didn't step in between that whole thing because he understands that controversy creates cash. And the more people and more and more people were talking Ooh, about the like exchange. That. CCC. There you go. More people like that exchange. Cash. And so everybody was talking about it. That's exactly what LeVar Ball has been doing. He gets he gets people talking. He gets people tweeting. He gets a reaction, whether you want to give him one or not. People have a lot to say about this dude's shoes. And uh, but little they know, they're giving this dude publicity every single time they roast his shoes via Twitter or every single time. They send a tweet and want to throw some extra. Every little grain of salt that you've thrown towards the VAR ball has only helped. My math ain't great, but if I've only sold 500 pairs of shoes and they're selling at $495 a pair, that means I made about $150,000 in my first like week of selling shoes. I'm not sure how many, how much money you guys make at your garage sales or anything like that, but I've never bought in at least $1,000 from from selling my own product, T-shirts or anything like that. So this dude just paid his mortgage. You might have paid some other stuff with $150,000 in like two weeks. So miss me with the whole it's not successful because it has been successful. And you're crazy to think that some Chinese billionaire won't pick this shoe up. Here's the other thing that, that blows my mind about this whole LeVar Ball thing. We've instantly, we hate Lonzo now. Everybody wants Lonzo Ball to fail because you don't like his dad? Huh? So you mean to tell me of all the crazy dads that have been in sports and entertainment, you hate their kids? Let me ask you this. Did you hate Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson because Joe Jackson made a, made a brand out of his kids? Did we hate Tiger Woods, Dad, because, man, he did a good job of, of branding his son and making him unstoppable and telling him to wear red on Sundays because that's when uh, that's when winning time is? Did, did, did we hate uh, Venus and Serena's dad? who basically built a brand for them. Like, I don't understand. It's There's a certain thing about this. is The reason people don't like the NBA is because I'll just be perfectly honest. I don't know how many of you guys have been black before, but I've been black for the past 34 years. <laughs> there's not a lot of people that want to see a bunch of rich black people complain about playing a sport. And that's just kind of what it is. LeVar Ball is a big, intimidating black dude that talks loud and people don't like it. And when they don't like it, they have things to say about that. Mind you, I don't have a problem with LeVar Ball. Does he, can he beat Jordan? Absolutely not. Is his son better than Steph Curry right now? Man, absolutely not. But I'd be silly to say that, yeah, man, my, my son is going to be just mediocre in the league. No, my son's going to be great in the league because I've seen him play his entire life. I'm just, I'm just, we live in this, like I said, this really mean, down on you before you do anything culture. And I'm like, I've never heard anybody say, man, Alonzo could be good. Nobody ever says, how about this? Does anybody know that Lonzo led the national, uh, the college NCAA this year in assist? Does anybody know that he broke Gary Payton's 30-year assist record 
You know what I'm saying? This year as a freshman? No, nobody really cares about that because all they talk about is this dude's dad. Man, take this dude's dad away from it. Well, so I think that's part of the problem, though, too, and is that everybody's talking about LeVar Ball, and that's not his fault entirely. You're right. It is a lot of the fault of Fox Sports and ESPN for putting him on constantly, and I hate that they do that. That's their fault. Yeah. Right, it is. But you can make the argument that he's taking the spotlight away from his kid. He's making it about him, Right. LeVar Ball is making it about LeVar. He's not making it about Lonzo. He's not making it about LaMelo. He's not making it about the other blah kid. Um, he's making it about LeVar. And look, if he wants to do that, that's cool, right? He's succeeded because he's he's got himself into the ears of all these people, and he's got himself into the ears of ESPN and Fox Sports, so they keep throwing him on there. But I don't like that. I don't want him to make it about him. I want him to make it about... Um, his kids. I want him to push his kids. That's why nobody. That's why nobody hates Tiger Woods' dad because he made it about Tiger. That's why nobody hates the the Venus the, the Williams sisters' dad because he made it about them. Now it's not totally Lavar's fault because the comp the the networks are making it about him as well. But make it about Lonzo. Sure, create a shoe company. Call it Big Baller Brand. But and he named him the Lonzos, right? The Lo Twos or whatever they're called, right? But make it about him. Stop making it about you. Make it about your kids. That's what people are frustrated about with LeVar Ball. And I and I totally get that. And I, I totally get that people are uncomfortable with the way that he's doing it. But I, again, it's not about making you comfortable. Like, I mean, if this is the way that he feels like he's going to, which is, uh, what is it the way that I would have done things? No, but me and LeVar Ball are different. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to go, I, I want that $10 million deal or, or $100 million deal from Nike. That's what I'm going to do. I think differently from this dude, LeVar Ball. And mind you, here's somebody that's he and his wife have bought up three dudes, three amazing young men, all of which are about to go to one of the best colleges. The next two are about to go to one of the best colleges in the country. Man, that part is set. LeVar Ball lives in a good part of, of California. He's done everything he's supposed to do, every, everything that every dad wants to do before his kids. Man, he's done that. So I'm, why am I mad that he wants to enterprise do this? Is, are the shoes ridiculously priced? Man, absolutely they are. But some dumb dumb is going to spend $495 to, to buy them, and they already have. About 500 dumb dumbs spend about $500 to go get them. So am I, is it silly to believe that if, if Lonzo actually plays well, which I think he actually will as, a, as an actual point guard, that he, they wouldn't sell more? No, of course not. You can, they knew they weren't going to sell a lot, which is why they priced them at 500 bucks. If I put them at 200 bucks and I only sell 500 that means I, only, I didn't make a lot of money. All right. it's, it's simple math. Let's uh, go to a break real quick here. We got some texts on the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, plus a little bit more on this coming up here on Sports Sunday on 1080 to the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10-14 here on your Sunday morning. Rashad Rance brought to you by Rashad. <laughs> Last segment. Uh, he is more supportive of LeVar Ball than many. He does have some qualifiers in there that he is an idiot in some of the things he says. And Absolutely. He's an idiot for pricing the shoes the way he has but he does support the fact that he is out there trying to make a name for himself and thus making a name for his kids, which 
uh, fair or not, is is happening. And judging from some of the magazines and some of the uh, articles I've read and videos, I've seen, man, it looks like the Bar Ball family isn't really struggling for money. I'll just go ahead and say that. I could be wrong, but just judging from some of the stuff that I saw and read about, I don't know how much they're actually struggling for loot. So let's I, put that out there. I want to throw some texts into the atmosphere here from the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. Uh, this one from Chris in Portland. There have been 160 top five picks since the draft lottery started in 85. How many fathers of any of those players could you name? LeVar Ball is living through his son instead of letting him have his moment as well as losing him money. Kind of sad and pathetic. Well, we don't know if they're, if, it, if it's losing him money yet. Um, depends if he falls in the draft or loses shoe deals because of it. Then, yes, he might be losing him money. Um, I tend to agree with that in some respects is Lonzo seems to be very calm, Right. He seems to be not like his dad at all in the moments that we've seen him. It'd be nice if we could have a little bit of like a Lonzo moment. Can we have a Lonzo interview without his dad there? Can we have a Lonzo magazine article not including his dad? I just want to know more about Lonzo. I don't know much about him. I know he has a weird-looking jump shot. I know he was good at UCLA. I know that uh, he didn't play great in the, in the what was it, the Sweet 16 game when they lost. Uh, that's what I know about Lonzo Ball. Beyond that, I don't know much. And the one thing we all know... I know about his dad. Yeah, the one thing we all know about Lonzo is Lonzo's... Yeah, he's going to be a top three pick. I'm just chilling. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not really. And listen, we are all surprised by what Lavar Ball says. Like, oh my gosh, did he just say that, man? I think the 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 Ball brothers are just kind of like, eh, yeah, this is how my dad talks. You know how you like you have that one, you know, that friend is like, oh man, your mom is so cool and everything is like, yeah, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, this is this is normal for me. You know, this is just how LeVar is, and he's, this is how he's always been, and for his boys, I don't, I'm, I'm thinking they're looking at this like, yeah, this is this is nothing new. I've been hearing this, like Lonzo said, it's like, yeah, he talks about beating Jordan, this is, he says this stuff all the time, this is nothing new to me, like, and so I, I think it's it's shocking to us, because it's it's the first time that we're hearing somebody say something like that, but for their kids, it's like, man, it's my dad talks the same mess every day. When when you say that there's lots of parents out there that talk about talk like this, I'm not surprised at all because I, you know, I, I'm sure there's lots of parents out there that think their kids the best athlete, Absolutely, the bro. best basketball. Next player. time I have a tournament, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell, I'll have you come out and I'll show you. Just and I've I've, I've talked with these I've, parents before because you know I've I've been on the sidelines, I've interviewed these kids, I've I've been around the AU scene a little bit. This is where it's different though, is that. You're right, Mike. How or or, or um, text that came in? How many top five or you know drafty dads do we know? We don't. We don't hear from them. And, th and the fact of the matter is, when you say, "I doubt he's calling the media," I I think somebody started that. I think somebody got that media craze going, and I guarantee you that was part of Ball's plan. So I do think that he is in some way, shape, or form. Not it's not just a one way street as far as SI and ESPN oh, and course. Fox Sports calling these guys. He initiated a lot of this, I imagine. And but there's a reason they keep having him back. There's a reason they can because they yes, know they because get he's, he's he says a lot of very stupid things and, and, it, and it stirs up ratings. the hornet's nest and it gets ratings yeah. and and that's why. But here's the deal: is, is people. It's not that they hate Lonzo. They hate LeVar so much, they want Lonzo to fail. Like you said, Mike, they don't know Lonzo. Oh. And the, I, I respect Lonzo and the fact that he just said, hey, man, that's my dad. That's it. You know, he's he's trying he's trying that's to just move things over and just whatever and, and focus on his career. But the fact of the matter is, is when you talk about how much money he's made on the 500, 
500 shoes. If Lonzo doesn't do well or Lonzo fails, which is a possibility, we see that all the time in top five picks, then all of a sudden that business decision to not take $100 million from a Nike or something is a very bad deal because that $100 million is is Lonzo's money. It's not LeVar and Lonzo's money. Now you're talking about this, this money that you're taking and trying to build a brand, which is not an easy thing to do, especially when you put brand in the stupid name. But... But now you're saying I have to divide this up between uh, LeVar and Lonzo. And so that money isn't as much money. And you think you have a benchmark of at least $100 million that you have to reach in order for this to be a successful venture. Well, this isn't Lonzo's money now that they're gambling with as far as big baller brand. You know, they're there because Lonzo ain't been paid for for nothing. He could have been paid, though. That's the thing, though. He chased off Adidas. He chased off Under Armour. He chased off Nike. And there's a very good chance, because we see this all the time, that these top five picks, especially a guy like Lonzo, gets the big deal before he's even played Mm -hmm. a game. All right? And and so when you think about that, they don't want anything to do with him because of his dad. So, yes, he has affected the bottom line of what his son is going to make. So I he agree. has a benchmark Until of they what figure he out has that to he's make. Good. Until they figure out that he's good. But See, what if he's not? And that's not? the big thing. And I, and, I think, and I think that's where everybody is right now, which goes back to my thing last week. Everybody is so sure that this dude is going to fail. Everybody's it's, already rooting against him no. because— my dad is crazy. Like, I have nothing to do with my dad. I can't not have him be my dad no more. That's it's just not what it just is. about being good. It's about being great. Well, there it's is about a, being great. There is a text on this, too, that I wanted to read. I don't like LeVar, but it's taken it way too far to root against his sons. How can you root against seeing three brothers, literal family, all play a sport? That text is right. That's cool. You don't see that very often. You you don't see the Plumleys uh, very often, right? Because you've got the Plumleys in the NBA. You want to see them all make it. You want to. It's, it's a cool story. Um but it's not as cool because you're annoyed at his dad. I just, right? yeah, I just think we're, I just think we're looking at the, we're hating on the wrong stuff. That's just me. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I could be wrong. I just look at that and say I think we're, we're focused on all the, the wrong stuff. And, well, it's, and it's usually all the negative things. I haven't heard anybody mention any of the positive stuff. Like, I mean, it's all the negative, and that's what we focus on. And that's, you know, that's the kind of the, I guess it's the sad reality of what it is. But, I mean, hey, so we're not gonna like a 19 year old kid because my. Dad is crazy. No. So I got plenty of I work with plenty of people who I can't stand their parents. Your kid is amazing though. Like I, I mean, I'm not gonna root for your. I'm, I'm actually I'm, because of that. I'm rooting for your kid more because your parents are idiots. I read a lot through the message boards. It, it is kind of it, it's kind of entertaining to to li- to read what people are saying. I see more piled on ESPN SI for covering these guys on Lavar Ball himself for saying these stupid things. Every once in a while, like fourth in line is probably Lonzo, but I think there's more hate being thrown towards these media outlets for continuing to give him coverage than they are pissed off at at Lonzo. Because, I mean, if Lonzo was coming out and doing the same thing, then this would just be ridiculous, but he's not. And that's probably one thing that's saving face. But the the fact of the matter is, is for Lonzo to make this brand what it, they want it to be. He has to be great, not right. just good. He has to be great. He can't be. He can't be Damian Lillard. He can't be John Wall. He has to be better. He has to be LeBron James. I'm curious if we're going to see this fade eventually. I hope we do because it's really annoying sometimes. Just every time you look on TV, it's it's something about LeVar Ball. I know we're feeding into it, but I think it's interesting to discuss the flip side because we're not really seeing the flip side very much uh, of what Rashad is saying is in support of LeVar, at least trying to to build himself a company. But I wonder if this will fade. I wonder if we will see a difference in coverage of him. I wonder if once he gets to the NBA and there's stricter rules and he's not allowed to be as involved as he was 
uh, earlier in Lonzo's life, uh, if that's even possible, then we'll see it more focus on him. I wonder if the Lonzo story will take over or, or if we're going to switch to what's his name? Who's the kid is going to, is he going to UCLA LaMelo? Uh, or if it's going to switch to that, right? Because we've seen the media do this with things like deflate gate, right? How many months and months and months did we hear about that story, right? How many, excuse me, how many different angles did we hear? How many different uh, side stories and side interviews did we hear about that? It was, it was, it was constant, right? I feel like we're already at that point now with this where it's constant. It's been months. It's the same stuff. It's the same controversy, but different every single time. At some point, you're going to reach the end of this being interesting. And everyone's just going to turn it off, right? Is it, when is that going to happen? I think the, the is it going to happen in, if Lonzo's good in the NBA, or is it going to get I, worse? I think I think the best way to shut people up, and the best way you're going to is when Lonzo actually comes out and, and plays well. He has to come out and play well, and I think he knows that, man. I, I think this is a kid that has his dad has been putting pressure on him like this forever. This is nothing new for him. Like this, it's really not. Like this is if you think that we're hearing the worst of Lavar Ball over the past. I don't know, six, four, four, five months. What do you think his kids have been hearing for the last 15 to 19 years? This is nothing new for them. They've been playing under this type of microscope forever. And so I think this is just going to be, man, just a another day at the office for them. That's why I'm not tripping on if if uh, Lonzo's going to be good. I think Lonzo's going to do well in the NBA, especially considering, well, he's going to go to Lakers, so he's probably going to have an ultimate green light to shoot. And if they get a dude like Paul George, then psh, he we know he can pass. That's what he does. Uh, this is the one other thing that I've thought that he's done that's been that's made it an uphill battle stacking the cards against his son, and that is he's gone after the stars of the NBA. He's he's attacked LeBron James. He's attacked Kyrie Irving, and these these players now have literally said, you know, we'll see you next year in, in the NBA. We'll we'll show you what the NBA is all about. They have actually put a target on. On Lonzo Ball. Yeah, when, it's not fair from his dad to do that thing. It's not, exactly. And that's it. Like, Ball just wants to come out and ball. And and right now, it's it's he's coming out and he's the villain because his dad's made him the villain. And everybody in the NBA has a target for him now. But we're going to show you it's it's a lot harder to come in here and and ball than than you think it is. That is that's a great point. And I, not something that I considered because I forgot about the LeBron comments that he made. But that you're right. So he he instantly... Maybe not long-term, but he instantly lost his son money from the Nike deal or the Under Armour deal or whatever, the Adidas deal. Um, he might get that back later if he's really good, right? It might be more. It might be better. So it might be a long-term play and it might work out. But in the moment, he lost money for his son and, I guess, himself and the family. And he's creating a tougher environment for his son to come into in the NBA because you know – no matter what team he goes to, Lance is going to hear about this, right? He's going to hear about this crap from the players in the locker room. He's going to, it, they're going to ride him for this rookie year the whole time. They hate his rookies. They well, make him, they make him wear the pink backpacks and dress in skirts. And guess what? Lance is going to hear about his dad constantly, and he's not going to be able to escape it. So, and, and yeah, my thing is, you that's think the, that's he was on a negative. college campus where dudes have no filter? You think he ain't been hearing it already? Like I'm saying, like Not this in the is, same this way is nothing, as it is now because we didn't we have live in, in the media. We live then. in social media era. This dude has 49,000 followers on Twitter. Now he has heard. No, even before that, he's heard everything you can have to say about his dad at this point. It's nothing new to him. So, this it. We're we're just finding out who Levar Ball is. He's known him for the past 19. Years. I think it's different hearing that from like you, me, Joe Schmo, some some 
jackass that's like, you know, just tweeting at him. It's another thing when you're hearing it from the best player on the planet, from the best players on the planet, from the guys in your own locker room. I think that's different than some random tweet from some some jackass. What somewhere. I'm saying is, is it's not it's again nothing new. Whether it's coming from LeBron or anybody else, yeah, I've heard this. They're gonna give it to me to the NBA. They hate me because of my dad. Uh, it's not just it's not just that though. Now you have to go face a LeBron James, a Steph Curry, and they're they're not just going to be talking. They're going to be giving you their A game. Like it's going to be like the one. They're going to be like this is a playoff game just because we want to show Lonzo what the NBA is all about. Oh like, man! All right, Lonzo and, and Lavar, let's take let's take an agreed break on you two for a little bit here. Uh, coming up next, we got Hater Love It, which we do every single Sunday at ten thirty. But first, the Jesse O Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Are we still getting Lonzo and LeVar text? Hold on. My headphones are in a crisis. What is happening? I don't know. Fix your buds, man. They were like tied in four ways and I did nothing but move once. I hate how that happens when you like circle them around your hand nice and perfectly. You put them away. You want to come back to get your headphones? You want them to be easy to put on. And then you go back to get your headphones, and they're in like 27 knots, and you don't know what happened. Is, it, is that kind of a first-world problem? I feel like everybody has headphone problems. Yeah. There's some headphone issues. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm just being relatable here had by an, talking I've, about I'll, my... I'll be honest. I can't remember the last time I wore headphones unless I'm at the gym. So. Uh, my my life sure. improved quite a bit when I got the Bluetooth headphones. Mm, no waters, baby. Yeah. All right, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. We got the... Uh, who won last week? Did I win last week? No, Rashad won last week. Rashad won. So, Rashad definitely won last week. Uh, I think it's like four to three me, so you can have a chance to tie it. And overall. you get to pick whether you go first or second. Oh, that's true. Oh. The real the real prize. The real, the real prize. prize. I think I went first last time, so I think I'll be a gentleman and let my guy go first. All you right. won when you went first, though. All I right. did. That's because I got a chance to make good points first, but <laughs> we'll switch it up. You All right. Go. Okay, so Mike, this one's, we're going to start out with you. They're just not going to let Isaiah Thomas get going, and that's if he's 100%. If he's hobbled, that's definitely the case, but the ball is still in his hands a lot. So you're talking about an ineffective player controlling the game for you offensively. Well, now if he's out, you know, you figure out other places to go. Right. Terry Rozier gets some time. Avery Bradley gets to handle the basketball more. More responsibility for Jay Crowder and Al Horford. And I guarantee you, they haven't gone into any preparation prior to the series I'm talking about the Cavs and how to defend the Celtics without Isaiah Thomas because everything is built around him. All right. That was Tim Legler of ESPN. Love or hate? The Bostics will find some semblance of success without an injured Isaiah Thomas leading their team. Oh, it's such an easy hate. They will find less success than they did with Isaiah Thomas. Granted, Isaiah Thomas was playing very poorly due to the injury, at least some think due to the injury uh, in the first two games against the Cavaliers. But without him, they're a lost team. Without him, they're a team that doesn't have an offensive presence. Without him, they're a team that doesn't have a point guard that can lead the offense. Without him, they're a team of a bunch of also-rans who would probably be the 9 or 10 seed in the Eastern Conference because you've got a solid but unspectacular Avery Bradley. You've got a bunch of big who are 
average at best, despite the good fourth quarter Olenek had in Game 7 against the Wizards. Uh, you've got a veteran in Al Horford who I guess you could run the offense around, but he's not, he's not done anything against the Cavs so far. What you have is you have an easy sweep for the Cleveland Cavaliers going against the Celtics here. You're not... Basically, what this is going to turn into is let's see what pieces on the Celtics are going to be good against really good teams in the coming years and who isn't so we can cut them going into the following seasons when we learn how to build this team in a better, more efficient way. You're going to find out whether Marcus Smart is worth it. You're going to find out whether Jalen Brown is worth it. You're going to find out whether um, Terry Rozier is worth it. That's what you're going to find out. Uh, you're going to find out if they're good players against the best teams. And if not, that's what's going to change going into the year. Uh, it's going to be an easy sweep for the Cavs. So what was, what was the question again? One more time. Uh, they will find a semblance of success. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, I hate that. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to say some names, you know, out loud. Gerald Green. <laughs> He's been starting for them. Yeah, exactly. Gerald Green, uh, um, Tyler Zeller, uh, Jurepko, uh, some guy named Mickey. You know, this is where are they going to find any success from from any of those guys? Jordan, Jordan Mickey, who averages 1.5 points a game. There is without Isaiah Thomas, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. That team has no offense, and it's hard when your all your offense comes from a five foot ten dude. You paid Al Horford the twenty seven million dollar man, so every so he he's getting paid, and really Al Horford gives you nothing. He had a he had a minus thirty four the other night with eleven points and went four from nine from the field. You have Jalen Brown was the best player, and he was on the bench and he played twenty four minutes. At least he was seven for eleven. So if you're looking at any players on the team who actually you're looking for any athletes, anybody that might be able to get you a bucket. Jalen Brown, the rookie, is the only person on that team that looks like he's going to be able to do anything for he's you. Been, he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. Jay Crowder has been nowhere to be seen. Avery Bradley is just an, an, an undersized two-guard. He's a, he's a defensive version of C.J. McCollum that doesn't score as well. And, I mean, I guess that'd be good if the Blazers had a defensive version of C.J. McCollum that, you know, didn't score as well. But that's kind of what they have in Boston. I think Boston has a bunch of, we talked about this earlier, a bunch of undersized guards, none of which can stay in front of number 23 from Cleveland, none of which can stay in front of number two from Cleveland, which is Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Love, I think, is about to have a field day down low because, again, there's nobody outside of Al Horford that can do anything with them. All right. Moving along. You can't ignore what you're seeing from the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Uh, they were ranked 22 defensively oh coming this into the Steve playoffs this because Steve of their defensive deficiencies, and yet they've amped it up to another level, and they've been absolutely surreal. I don't think we've ever seen LeBron James play the way that he's been playing, and now what's made it interesting is that you're witnessing a guy like Kevin Love really come into his own so one of the few times I've heard Stephen A. Now sound like a total psycho. So I figured we'll we'll play a clip. All right. That's, that's how you sound when the girl calls your phone. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I did like hearing him not yelling for once. He was like whispering. Like I say, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a Stephen A. clip I feel like you can finally play um, <laughs> and not just be like, this guy's a complete psycho. With that being said, um, he had some nice things to say about the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're starting to see the narrative kind of turn from um, the coming to the playoffs are the Cavaliers ready are they I mean you know they were kind of sluggish like you said 22nd in the NBA in defense now kind of look like an uh, unstoppable juggernaut LeBron James just had his best game of his career um with that being said the Cleveland Cavaliers are the team to beat no no questions asked whether it's Golden State Eastern Conference Western Conference the Cavs are the team to beat 
hate because the Warriors are still the team to be because they were built to be the team to be by adding Kevin Durant in the offseason this year. They became the juggernaut target on their back team in the NBA, no matter how well the Cavs are playing, no matter how good LeBron James is, the team to beat is still Golden State because of having the amount of good players they had. Now, you could argue, I suppose, the team to beat is the team that won the finals last year, and that would be the Cavs because they came back from the 3-1 deficit to beat the Warriors. But I don't think that matters in this case because I don't want to call it a fluke, but the Warriors would have won if not for Draymond Green's suspension and uh, the Andrew Bogut injury. So maybe a little fluky in the way the comeback happened. The Warriors are the team to beat because of the firepower they have on offense and because of how I think they match up with the Cavaliers. LeBron's going to get his, right? LeBron will always get his, but it's the other players that matter. And once that happens, once LeBron happens, will the Warriors match up with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving? Yes, they will, because they have Steph Curry and they've got Kevin Durant. Uh, so if you want, or, or Clay Thompson, whichever guy you want to throw in there and add in there, I think that's going to help. Plus, I think the Warriors have a much better bench than the uh, than the Cavs do right now. The Warriors bench has been playing really well in the playoffs. I've been really liking how Ian Clark's been playing, as well as Andre Godal, as long as he's healthy. Uh, the Cavs bench makes me a little nervous. So I'm just, and Sean Livingston, of course, I'm forgetting about him. He's been actually one of the most important players for them. I think it's, I think it's the Warriors still to win. And uh, the Warriors are still the team to beat here. And the Cavs have to prove that they can do it once again. Uh, I love it. I love that the Cavs are the team to beat. Here's why. Kevin Durant absolutely went to Golden State, but he went there because he knew that he had no chance uh, of beating LeBron. You know, that at, the, at the end of the day, man, he couldn't do it. They had to build uh, or had to keep continue continuously building on top of the super team that they have there in, um, in Golden State. But let's just say this. LeBron James this year is not a top three MVP candidate, although in the playoffs, that's a completely different monster. We know who the best player in the world is. We know who the best player on the floor is every night. LeBron James is a postseason averaging 34 points, seven assists, and eight and a half rebounds. Kyrie is averaging 22 points and five assists, which is different for Kyrie. He's not somebody that's used to getting, the, getting other people involved. That means he's creating opportunities for some of those other guys on the team and dudes like... Um, Shoot, man, Richard Jefferson, who had 10 points the other night. He's creating opportunities for guys like Iman Shumpert, who's having, who had a, a pretty okay game. And as long as these guys get their seven to eight to nine points, man, I think Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be just fine because there's nobody. LeBron isn't going to allow Kevin Durant to get 35 points on him. As great as the score KD is, check the uh, NBA Finals back in 2011 or 2012, where LeBron just completely ran over Kevin Durant that entire time. And then you look at the fact that Kevin Love is playing like Kevin Love. The Kevin Love that was in Minnesota. This postseason, Kevin Love is averaging 25 and 12, or at least against the Celtics right now. He's averaging 25 and 12. Finally. And then you see you put him up against a, a, a guy like Draymond, who's gonna have to, he's gonna really gonna put him to work a lot because the one thing KK Love does is he can stretch the floor as that that, that pop or as that knockdown shooter on the three-point line. Or man, now that he's playing with his back to the basket, he can be the Kevin Love that we isn't, remember back from Minnesota. Isn't Draymond Green the guy who would best defend Kevin he Love? He would, though? but mind you, let's go back to game seven of last year. Why, why did they win? Because Kevin Love had a Kevin Love-type game where he was able to stop, get off of the three-point line, go down there, bang around, get some rebounds, create some create some opportunities down low. He's much better suited playing that guy that can make things happen down low. But when you play with LeBron, he has you have no choice but to move to the three-point line so he can penetrate. All I'm saying is I look at those three stars, in, uh, and LeBron is better than everybody else on, on Golden State. I think Kevin Love is playing better than uh, a Draymond is playing right now, at least at this particular 
moment. And again, man, this team was built to beat Cleveland. Cleveland is the reigning defending champions. So until somebody beats them, they are still the team to beat. You know what kind of sucks? I just realized this is totally non-related, but I was looking at ESPN. If both teams sweep, we still have to wait until the final start. Yeah. The final start, what, like June 5th? Yeah. So if both teams sweep, we have to wait a week and a half for the finals? They should just flex that up. Like, oh, you know what? We're going to move it up. I mean, there's no there's no reason to wait. They won't, but yeah. Dear God. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's just going to be a long time for people to just trash on the NBA and how boring yep. the playoffs were. Um, let's, let's switch gears. We'll go to the NFL. Uh, a local... Uh, previous Oregon Duck was recently signed, which will once again give the New England Patriots a compensatory pick um, because they are the geniuses of um, the front offices. Now, that being like Garrett Blunt uh, signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles um, let Kenyon Barner go um, and not expected to keep Ryan Matthews, I do not believe. So, with that being said, LeGarrette Blunt will reach the 1,000-yard mark in the NFL this year. Hey, uh, because they've still got a bunch of options at running back there. They've got a guy named Wendell Smallwood, uh, who is a really, really good young running back with the Eagles like a lot. They have Darren Sproles still, who is a great guy who's going to take third-down carries away from LeGarrette Blunt by being on the on the field. And we're also, we're not sure what's going to happen with Ryan Matthews. He hasn't stayed healthy, but he's not gone yet. If he comes back healthy, he's going to get carries. LeGarrette Blunt is going into the ultimate running back by committee situation. I'd be surprised if we see him get into the 800-yard range, uh, let alone the 1,000-yard range. Um, so I, I, it's just because of the amount of backs they have there and they want to get those guys carries. He was very good in New England. It's a very different system in Philly. It's not as successful of a, of a team as New England is, obviously. Uh, you see guys have their careers get resurrected and then crumble when they leave the Patriots. It's just what happens. Why do you think it took so long to sign LeGarrette Blunt? People saw something wrong with either the money he was asking for or just something wrong with him as a player. Maybe he's just getting too old. The style isn't what they want. The big, beefy running back. I think you're going to see some issues there for him getting over 1,000 yards. Uh, I, I, yeah, I hate it as well. Um uh, and really, it sucks for a lot of the re reasons Lynch just kind of said. But the first of which is because Ryan Matthews was their number one last year, and he only had 661 yards rushing. So he wasn't able to put 1,000 a a thousand yards on that offensive line. And then you look at uh, an offense that's really not the same as the Patriots. The Patriots used him as really that bruiser that was going to come down the middle and go and fight for those additional yards. I don't think the offensive line is really set up for them to do that. But also, here's a guy in the Garrett that's used to running, running back by command. You know, there was Deion Lewis for a long time that he had to share um, um, touches with. And then there was, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, Taylor? Was the other, I can't remember my own running back's name. Oh, White? The other guy. Uh, White, thank you very much. Taylor? White, who is. Yeah, Super sorry. Bowl that's, MVP? That's, that's, you can't that's, remember that's your Super Bowl ago. MVP. That's, that's way that's, long ago. Oh, wait, wait just a second. Oh. oh, you jerk. You jerk. I couldn't remember his last name. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. Man. You know that, man. But, um. Either way, I, I look at a guy who's incredibly used to playing in the situation to where even if you look back to LeGarrette's time in um, in Pittsburgh, where he had to, he clearly was playing behind uh, what we consider the best running back in the league. And what's the other guy's name? So I I, I'm, I'm starting to get confused, I'll be honest about that, because now you're saying he's used to being in a committee, but yeah. and he's going to be in a committee, but... Yes. I don't think he is going to get six... Oh, he's not going to get 1,000 yards. All right. He's not going to get 1,000 yards. That's what I'm at the end but of the day. But he broke 1,000 yards in a committee last year, right? 
he he did with injuries, but, but yeah, with a lot of injuries, and he I'll was pretty much the bit. the lone running back last year for the Patriots. He actually even broke the record for rushing touchdowns for the Patriots last year. So, but that was again that was with Deion Lewis being hurt for most of the season, really sharing touches um, uh, with White. You better not take no more points away for that. But and, and he was able to kind of do that because the Patriots really leaned on him, especially with not having without having Brady for the first four games of the season. That was an easy way of kind of keeping your offense running. So I don't think he's going to have the same success in Philadelphia. Uh, you're you're in a division where it's, it, it is still incredibly wide open, uh, regardless of how well the Dallas Cowboys played last year. Um, anything can happen in the NFC East, but I don't see him getting over a thousand yards rushing. I'm, I'm going to be honest, that, that last point, that caused you guys from going into a lightning round for a tie. Just uh, give me the point, man. Don't I can't. Be, I can't. You, couldn't, you couldn't remember your old Super Bowl MVP. Sorry, man. You couldn't I'm, remember your old Super Bowl MVP. <clears throat> uh, who's that guy? Who's that guy for the right. Broncos that, like, was a Super Bowl MVP that, like, sacked Cam Newton and don't got— be a jerk, uh, Who was that don't guy? Don't be a jerk. <laughs> uh, what was his name? His name is Vontae. You got me over here breaking pencils. Vaughn Williams? Yeah. Uh, Williams? Miller Vaughn Hat. <laughs> Bastard. He actually threw the pencil at the class. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this there's, week's a, there's winner, a certain noise that needs to be played here. Winner for Mike Lynch. Lynch. It's a black thing. It's okay. <laughs> All right. It's okay. All right. Hey, it, you kept us from going to our first ever tie-breaking lightning round. I'm just just saying that. I had a lightning round before. It wasn't as no, it wasn't no. That was the worst yeah, lightning round ever. Yeah, it was attempted to be a lightning round, and somebody over there tried to go long with all his points. Hey, man. Trying to had, steal I the win. I had something to say. Steal the win without the lightning. I had something to say. All right, coming up next. Oh, we'll figure it out. I think. Yeah, we'll talk about Thomas Tyner. He's returning. This is Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Turn this damn music do, off. Do, 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 do. It, you would not be calling for that if you won. I do, do not want to hear this music. Somebody should know the name of their running back. James White is a basic name to know. Basic name to know, man. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't figure it out. I was literally having like a brain fart moment. I was like, "Oh my, what's his name?" You, you couldn't even. You couldn't even come close. You said Taylor. Like, that was That's one of your our, own last name. That was one of our running backs at the point. <laughs> you put your own last name. You're like name. the Rashad Taylor. Was yeah. that the guy that won the the, one won of the our Super Bowl for us? Man. Uh, all right, we only got a couple minutes, but let's uh, throw this in there. I just I saw this story uh, yesterday. I want to say it was on Oregon Live. Um, Thomas Tyner making his return to the college gridiron, former Aloha running back, former five-star running back. He uh, was Oregon, if you remember, and he retired due to multiple injuries. He took a year off of football. He's back healthy, and he's deciding to return, but not for Oregon, for Oregon State. Now, I think that's kind of a coup for the Beavs. If he's anything close to what he was in high school uh, and showed at times at Oregon, putting him the kind of the faster, quicker running back with Ryan Nall, the bruising, uh, steadfast guy who was there last year, could give the Beavs a really dangerous running attack this year. I think it might, if, if he's good, 
if he hasn't lost it, if he's healthy and he makes then he proves that he's good enough to be in the first team for uh, for the running back first team. That's a soccer reference. B uh, in the depth chart, then. I think that's really good for the Beavs. That's one step closer for Gary Anderson to make this team a bowl team again. I think it's a great thing for the Beavs, and and it's the one thing that um, I don't know if the Beavs have really had over the last little bit. And I, I don't know want to call Ryan him. Ryan Nall was really good. He was, but I, I, as far as like a, an an exciting player that's kind of a you know with the, with that blazing speed, you know that's kind of what we remember from Thomas Tyner. And a lot of us were kind of asking. Why don't you just make this kid a receiver? Like, he's so fast. Like, just put him in a position to where he can make plays on the outside. And I just think he he wasn't, number one, he couldn't really catch like that in the first place to, to play receiver. But uh, I just think there was too many great running backs at Oregon for him to be uh, considered. There were a lot of guys. There were a lot of guys. That's, you know, Royce Freeman had his, you know, uh, had really had his coming out party, you know, his freshman year when Thomas Tyner was supposed to be one of the guys that, that shared, you know, touches with them. I think uh, who else was there? Was it? Uh, I mean, they just keep stacking up. There's like Tony Brooks, James, and I mean, just, they just keep bringing them in every year. And yeah. it does, it, it makes it well, really did. tough when you have somebody who's already established as the guy. Yeah. If, and if I he think, didn't get hurt, he would have, he would have, uh, been closer to the top you know, of the depth track because his big thing was he wasn't a real you know north south runner you know he was he he liked to get on the edges and that's that dangerous was, in college it though. really is and that's i think that's where he got hurt a lot was trying to really take those edges and uh when you run defenders those, are faster baby after, when you run into those corners and those safeties that can also run four twos and four threes and stuff like that it, it can be dangerous and so uh that's really where a lot of the injuries came from from him i think it, at one point it was like some hand stuff too i can't really re, can't really remember all the way but uh, i'm pulling for i'm pulling for him because thomas tyner if you didn't see him play in high school uh the kid was amazing and i think there were a lot of duck fans that were hoping he was going to be just as electric um in eugene and so now I think there's still a lot of people, especially Aloha fans, that want to see exactly how well he's going to do um, playing with uh, Coach Gary Henry. All right. That's going to do it for us today on Sports Sunday. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the gorgeous weather out there. It's going to be nice all week, so enjoy it. Uh, I will be out next week for Memorial Day weekend going to the coast with some families, so uh, it'll be Rashad and Jesse. And uh, so enjoy your Memorial Day weekend as well, and uh, we will see you next week, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a great Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.